You're listening to the Wellington Hustle Interview Project, showcasing Wellington's entrepreneurs, sharing their experiences to inspire your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you for joining me. I'm Tim Morrison. Hello there, it's Tim here, back again with another Wellington Hustle Interview Project episode. In this interview, I talk with Dan Mickelson, the founder of Bicycle Junction. Dan worked as an apprentice chef in Copenhagen during the late 90s. It was in the city he discovered a love for messenger biking and the cargo bike. After returning home and working in the industry as a chef, Dan was faced with a new problem to solve, how to ride his bike and transport his newborn child at the same time. Dan reached out to Christiana Bikes, a firm in Denmark, to see if he could buy a cargo bike and have it delivered to Wellington, New Zealand. They said, yes, you can buy a bike, but you have to buy four. And so Bicycle Junction was born. Bicycle Junction is more than just a shop. It's a community centered around helping more people to ride bikes. Dan has combined his enthusiasm for bikes and his experience as a chef to create a bikery. What's a bikery, I hear you say? Why, it's a place where you hang out with like-minded souls, breathe bike, talk bike, eat and be merry. And now... On with the interview. All right then, Dan, how do I pronounce your last name? Uh, Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen. Danish. If I could get you just to give a quick introduction about you and where you've come from a little bit and what you're doing, and then we'll move on into what was your vision for your business that you're running at the moment. Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm Dan from Bicycle Junction. Bicycle Junction is a, uh, a bike shop and community space and cafe that uh, is focused on transport cycling as opposed to sports cycling. Uh, so we're all about um, helping more people uh, to ride bikes. Um, we started uh, about, ooh, it's coming up on nine years ago now. And we started out in uh, Wellington suburb of Newtown. Uh, and after five years, we uh, moved into uh, a space in, in the um, sort of laneways district in Wellington, Tiaro. Um, uh, yeah, so we are, uh, we're a retailer, we're a cafe. We also import and wholesale bicycles to other stores. We have an online business. Uh, so it's a, a fairly um, uh, multi-disciplinary yeah. business. Yeah. It's not just a shop. <laughs> not just a shop. No. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess I came across you because of the school I mean, you had like an incentive. Who was that with? The incentive that was with regional council. Yeah, yeah. Did they come to you? Did they? No, we actually came to them with with the idea. Yeah. Um, we both had the same goals. We want more people to ride bikes, and particularly parents with kids. You know, we're very passionate about because that's how this business started. So, and um, we do extended test rides in the store for anyone wanting to try a bike with their family because. Yeah. It's really important that the kids uh, are on board, both parents are on board. It's a big family decision mm. and a test ride around the block isn't going to do it justice. So we offer multi-night test rides uh, for people and we thought about how could we bring that idea um, into schools. Mm. Um, and we reached out to, to regional council to, to put something together. And so we'll just move on into um, vision. So like when you first started um, your venture, what was your vision? There are two parts to that because there was sort of the original business that I started before we opened the shop, yep. which actually wasn't nine years ago. That was closer to uh, 11 years ago now. Yep. Um, uh, uh, the vision for the initial business was 
how can I buy a cargo bike for my firstborn child? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, have and, a need. <laughs> yeah, and and um, so that that was sort of it. Actually, I've always had a passion for carrying things by bike. I used to work as a bike messenger, um, different places around the world, and. I love carrying stuff by bike. Uh, I love cargo bikes. I loved all the cargo bikes in Copenhagen when I lived there um, back around uh, 1998 to, to 2002. In fact, I had a really old cargo bike frame uh, that I was in the process of, of doing up, one of the original 80-year-old cargo bikes. Uh, I also had my own rickshaw, which I'd done up, which was an old tire rickshaw on ESA. I bought it just for myself, but every time I rode around, people wanted to jump on board and pay me. So I ended up sort of <laughs> having a, a side hustle like that. So, um, so that was fun. So I always sort of had that passion. But yeah, I mean, um, I wanted when I had my first child, my son, um, I really wanted to carry him in a bike. And I used to ride around with him in a sling riding my fixie, but it's not the most comfortable. Uh, and as he got bigger, of course, uh, he outgrew the sling. So. Um, so I called up the only company I knew in Denmark that sells cargo bikes, and it's kind of the ubiquitous cargo bike in Denmark, Christiania bikes, uh, and, um, and said, I want one. And they said, well, you can't have one, you have to have four, because that's how we ship them on a pallet. So I had three I had to sell, um, and I sold those three, but then I sold another one. So I actually had to order two pallets from the start. How did you go about selling and them? So I, I had I had three left over. Trade me. And well, no, yeah, <laughs> I actually I had done a lot of work that year on a big project, and I had a bit of uh, leave time owing to me. Um, and uh, I sort of thought, well, I'll just set up a little website. So I did that. I set up a website and started selling them online, and then. A few more people um, bought them and I, I had to order more and I ran out of room in my garden shed. Uh, <laughs> so I had to find a garage down the road. Um, and then I sort of ran out of room in the garage and I had to find a little warehouse out in Lyle Bay. And then I was looking for another, well, that's the other way around actually. I, after the garage, I was looking for a, for a storage space and I found this place in Newtown that was going for a reasonable rent. But the problem was I realized it wasn't uh, a storage space, it was a retail space. Yeah. And three weeks later, I had a bike shop. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, but, you know, the shop, the vision of the shop is, is grounded in wanting to help more people get engaged in riding bikes. And there's a realization there that if you want more people to ride a bike, there's no point in appealing to people who already ride bikes. Mm. And I had always, first off, I had always admired mixed trade businesses, businesses that do more than one thing, but that, it has to be integrated really well. And um, both parts need to be done really well. So the idea of cafe and bike shop really appealed to me. I come from a hospitality background. I was going to ask, what, what, what were you doing? Yeah, uh, um, so I'm a chef by trade. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so cafe, and, and I had actually always suggested to my friends who worked in bike shops here in Wellington, why don't you do, you know, why don't you do a cafe and bike shop together? Um, and so this storage space slash retail space uh, came up and I thought, well, 
okay, I'll do a shop then and I better do coffee because I've been talking about it for so long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I thought it's a good location right here by, next to the hospital. And, and for me, you know, I did a bit of, biz, you know, uh, it, it wasn't entirely impulsive because I did a lot of thinking around what's it about and who, who's it for and, and what do I want to achieve. And, and it really was that getting more people to ride bikes and... And the coffee provides a reason for people to come into the store and feel comfortable without feeling like they have any business to do with bikes. Yeah. Uh, so it's a nice segue into a conversation about cycling. Uh, not that I try and convert every coffee customer into being a cyclist, but if they come in and they be regulars and, and they look around and they see other people and, and you know, it builds up community builds up, builds up that option mm. and and it does happen that some of our long-time regulars have bought have bought bikes when really it wasn't on their on their scope uh, to, to start with uh, but more to the point those people who are daunted by a sports bike shop um, where you come in and there's a whole lot of slat wall and there's a whole lot of light grown fancy glasses and it's really not a welcoming space and the person you talk to speaks a lot of technical jargon um, it's actually a bit it's a bit difficult so we sell bikes to people who um, don't currently ride who wouldn't uh, oftentimes wouldn't term themselves a cyclist I've always thought that there's there's you know we talk about cycling and cyclists all the time to me cycling is the sport of cycling a cyclist is someone who partakes in the sport of cycling. But if you ride a bike for transport, you're just some person who rides a bike. Get the aid of it. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's not nothing that identifies you. It's just something you do. Uh, I, the analogy I use sometimes is a, a lot of us, most of us drive cars, but we wouldn't identify with being a uh Formula One uh, a car driver, driver. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But someone who's a taxi driver or a race mm. driver—that's their occupation. That's what they do. Or, you know, boy racer, or yeah. you know, you can identify with those things. I quite like a way that you've got a very strong vision for what it's all about. Yeah, um, and I, I think in terms of the fit out and and that kind of thing, it was really about creating a a welcoming space, a mm. homely space, a space where people feel comfortable with it. They want to linger, um, and um, yeah, even here in in Newtown, we always have the comment that all oh, feels like it's always been here. Yeah, that's kind of kind of what we were yeah. trying to achieve because it's, it's creates quite a calming and 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 welcoming space. Another aspect to that was around the uh, you know I think back to um, living in Copenhagen and you go down to the baker every morning. There's a baker store on every corner go down to the baker and the baker knows your name and you talk to your neighbors in the queue and um, there's a queue out the door um, and you know it's the, those butchers and baker shops of, of past that we don't seem to have many of here anymore they're actually community spaces uh, they're places where neighbors meet and where whoever's serving you knows your name yeah. and that's the feeling that I wanted to foster in Bicycle mm. Junction yeah. and we do know our customers by name and our customers know each other and we have a little community that surrounds it. How did you deal with any early setbacks? 
Um, what sort of setback did sort of jump up or jump soap? I have to say, you know, I, I started the business with my last paycheck and um, we've very gradually built up from there and uh, everything was due to me. I had never worked in retail. Uh, I had never worked in a bike shop, though I know a lot about bikes. I you know, never worked in a bike shop uh, or the bike industry for that matter. Well, maybe you could stretch that to say I was a bike messenger. But um, um, there was a whole lot of stuff that I needed to learn. When you have a lot of financial backing to kickstart something, there's a lot of room for making big mistakes. And undoubtedly, I would have made some mistakes in the, in the start, and, and I did, but they were all quite measured by nature of not having much money. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and as you, as you grow, you also learn in that likelihood of making those big mistakes. You've, you've learned on a small scale what those mistakes are, and when you get to a bigger scale, well, you you know you're less likely to fall into those traps so i'd say i've been uh, quite lucky in that regard yeah because there was huge opportunity to make some big mistakes mm. if i had some good financial backing the time tested thought that um, when you have all those sort of uh, restrictions that makes you the most creative i suppose yeah <laughs> yeah there's that too you have to you know work around things and if you've got an open slate and can do anything it can be fairly hard to be creative yeah, yeah. without the constraints to sort of problem solve around it yeah. wellington hustle interview project is sponsored and created by timson co are you a wellington hustler then support the podcast and level up your brand for 2021 with one of my awesome headshot sessions go over to my website timson.co and click book now at the top of the page and receive 150 dollars credit when you mention the wellington hustle interview project podcast and now back to the interview um, was there a time that you wanted to give up? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone's had that. And, um, you know, that feeling comes and goes. You got a particular time uh, where you were like... Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, there have been plenty. And there were tough times. Were, uh, it was, you know, like I said, starting from nothing mm. with and not having anything. And, and you know, when I, when I started the store in Newtown, I had three bikes on the, on the floor on the first day. Um, two of which were my own <laughs> and so we had one stock bike and we we've sort of sort of work, worked our, our way up from there so we've had that constant growing pains of cash flow all the way through and that's been stressful at times particularly after um, you know we we were modest but growing well and, and keeping it in check all, all the way through our Newtown days we, it was a big leap for us to, to move into town and, and there was a costly shop fit because we didn't want to use the supplier provided slat wall and shiny stuff. So it was, it was quite an expensive move into town. I was, and that, that, was a, that was actually a really tough period because it, it, moving a business is also a bit like starting a new business. Mm. You know, we took a lot of our regulars from, from Newtown, but yeah, it it was it was tough times, and there were times there when I thought, "What am I doing?" But you know, when you're in those dark times, you you also tend to realise, you know what, there's one way out. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is forward. And I think of uh, a phrase 
my head chef used to use when I was when I was chef's apprentice, and and that is um, full speed over thin ice. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't look down. You no. just you know what <laughs> needs to be done. You go forward and keep moving. I think that chefing also gave me a fairly good ballast for uh, pressure and stress. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I can't imagine uh, working as a chef. And for working long hours. Mm. We sometimes make a, a bit of a joke in my household that, you know, uh, pretty much all at the same time, we bought our first house, had three kids, and started two businesses. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we sometimes <laughs> just shake our heads at home going, what, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? And, and there's been times that, that have have really been tough with that mm. um, but I think you know we're, we're both really passionate about what we do and yeah there are times when you when you feel like giving up um, but they're they're brief and you pick yourself up and you go well that's right this is why I'm doing it and it only takes you know uh, a happy customer or um, or seeing a family uh, out riding on our bikes on my way to work to remind me hey we're doing a good thing and this is this is why you do it did you uh, ever sell any of your bikes <laughs> you said you had three, uh, three bikes and yeah. two of them are yours yeah did, anything did you have to buy yourself a bike anything again? is for sale yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you didn't end up with no bikes at some stage yeah. <laughs> i've been pretty close uh, with any traps that you fell into uh, manufacturers are always eager for you to buy more bikes. I guess that's a trap that I've been a bit wary of um, because it's easy to overcommit. Um, do they make it easy to do that sometimes? Sometimes, sometimes they do, and yeah, you you gotta make your own decisions on that. You know, once it's gone from them, they're happy, but you also need to not overload yourself on on cash flow demands mm. for a for a relatively low margin retail business the electric bikes in particular are a really high high cost you know so so stretching on that cash flow uh is is a bit of a trap yeah but you need things on the floor uh i, I one trap that we never fell into which we were very conscious of is that we didn't want to be playing the price game. Yeah, we knew that there was no way we would be able to uh, compete on price alone with shops that have thirty-four stores around the country. Mm. So why do it? We knew already that we have a different product. Uh, we have a different level of service. We have a different style of service, and we've always worked to provide a higher quality of service and a high quality of product and a point of difference to, to people as well. So we've managed to stay away from, from that end of things. I think people, we've built up a good word of mouth trade and yeah, we're, we're, we're not the cheapest and that's okay. Yep. What you pay at our store ensures that the job is done correctly that it's a bike that's going to last, that you're going to get money for when you resell it down, down the track. It goes to ensuring that the staff are paid a living wage or better. It goes to ensuring that there are community events happening that support the whole cause of, of cycling and the wider cycling community, including other shops. 
who benefit from from that growth. So there's a whole lot of things that go into that. Happier people, better service. Yeah. <laughs> what inspires and motivates you? I mean, you did mention earlier about seeing families, yeah. but yeah, that that's that's what inspires and motivates me. It makes me happy every time I see it, and we feel a bit of pride in the shop. Uh, amongst the staff and in my family that we've really been a strong part of of growing cargo biking in New Zealand, not just in Wellington, but particularly in Wellington, it is really uh, taking hold and, and we feel enormous pride in having been a little part in, in that because we feel it's such a good thing for children, for families, for all the should reasons, but also uh, and those are things like the environment and you know all those but but just generally for a good time yeah we went without a car completely for a while uh, I've got three three kids uh, and a dog and we we have a, a vehicle now but the kids all much prefer taking the bike uh, and I know that it's the same with every cargo bike family and that to me uh, is kids that are growing up favoring a different form of transport yep. than a car and realizing that car ownership is just one option yeah it's not a rite of passage this yeah. is the thing that we hear about electric bikes in general they just become the easiest way to get around mm. uh, even on a pouring rainy day people will jump on their electric bike rather than jump in the car because it's still easier yep. than trying to find parking can you describe a breakthrough that you're particularly proud of? Uh, occasionally, I'll be standing on the footpath and someone will walk by my bike with a child and they go, oh, that's a cargo bike. And people seem to know what a cargo bike is now. And um, Is that before where they were like, what the hell is that? Oh, look, that, <laughs> that first bike that I had, we were... Uh, we had had that just a few days and uh, we were, someone had taken a photo of us just up, up the street here with our, our kids in the front and um, uh, that photo was posted to a website called um, Weird in Wellington uh, the next day. So, and you know, is it a wheelbarrow? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you make it out of a shopping trolley? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, people just really had no idea what what they were and so it is quite gratifying and it does feel like a, a bit of a breakthrough that there is a um a public knowledge now about what cargo bikes are Except and that's particularly important as a breakthrough because it means um they're entering the mainstream consciousness and it's not just a something for an eccentric family it's not a novelty yeah. if you know what i mean but it's actually a, a, a real option and and an attractive option to a lot of quite mainstream families mm. you don't you know it, it's no longer just eco warriors or mad keen cyclists it's it's transport mm. what do you see as being your biggest lesson this is is quite a, a different kind of work to what i've uh, done before working as a chef and working in events i was always working to uh, immovable deadlines and you'd work 18 hours a day weeks straight if you had to get something done 
and you'd get it done on time and you'd make a project plan and you'd work backwards from that or you make a prep list or whatever it is you but you get the work done you know in a in a restaurant environment you can't go out to the table and say uh i'm sorry but your dinner's going to be a couple more hours and yeah. it's going to cost another 50 dollars yeah um that's what a trade <laughs> um you know and and a lot of a lot of other things like that but there are these immovable deadlines and so you have to learn to just make it make it work um coming into a business like this it's changing it, it's when you get to that deadline you're done and you sit back and you go ah i did it and you feel that kind of afterglow and savor that for the evening and then you start all over again the next day there's never an end uh to this and while there can be some some projects that finish off or whatever uh i'm not accustomed to the constant nature of it and uh the constant nature that it is being a business owner and you know having three kids at home as well of course you don't go home and zone out there's there's things to do so I've found that constant nature and inability to complete something entirely, have a moment to relax and then back to it. Um, I've found that quite difficult. Mm. How have you uh, coped with that? Uh, I, I guess it's less less coping, but I've I've just had to had to adjust. I've had to acknowledge that I can't work eighteen hours a day for nine years straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, things are at the point now where where. You know, I've, I've eased up on my hours. I mean, two years ago, I was working seven days a week. Um, a year ago, I was working six days a week. Now I'm working five days a week. And so th- uh, things have become a lot more li- livable as you've uh, you know built up the business and built up the crew. Um, it's got a bit more separation. And I, I, I still have to say, I, I love project work and those immovable deadlines and and that feeling of having completed something in full but i've also um learned this way of doing things and learned uh or still learning how to manage my energy levels i'm quite impulsive compulsive if i'm going to do something i'm going to do it entirely i (laughs) mediocrity irks me yeah doing something in the middle that's just good enough uh, so that's a difficult balance for me. Has your vision always been clear and how's it evolved? It has actually. And I have to say, well, I've got quite a long waffling mission statement yep. that we talk about internally. And I, that's those words that I said I wrote in those three weeks from when I decided to open a bike store to when I opened it. And uh, it lays out um, a lot of the things that we've we've uh, talked about, like the butchers and bakers shops and the style of service and um who were there for and i always thought that i was going to boil that long-winded page-long paragraph down to something which is the essence of the business yeah <laughs> uh, i never did i no. never i never got around to that um <laughs> but i have to say it's retained at the core of what we do and who we are and i've never really needed to adjust those words mm. Uh, and I still show it to every person who comes on board, and I, I, I still, uh, you know, think of it um, and refer refer to it. How has it evolved over time? 
I think it's still very much the business that it was. Mm. I was very conscious when we moved from Newtown into the city, the vibe could change. And we tried to, though we did a, a real sort of refresh on, on the look and feel, um, uh, we retained that welcoming feeling, um, uh, that feeling of always having been there, and we retained our community. So it's very much the business that it started out being. We yeah. still have the focus on cargo bikes. There's a big element of electric which has come into it, but that's only reinforced the idea of transport cycling. Mm. So that still fits well within, you know, what we're doing from the start. So it's a little bit more distilled. We have we have more we have more staff. Um, we're we're um, you know we we sell more bikes. We repair more bikes. Um, but it's very much the same, I think. You know, we've still got the cafe. It hasn't yeah. changed a lot, which I'm happy about yeah. because I think, you know, what our our idea from the start was was a right one and it was needed. Yeah. We're not trying to expand the amount of things that we do. Yeah. Uh, more we want to focus on, okay, this is what we do yeah. and this is what we do well. Yeah. And even distilling it down, I suppose, yeah. as much as you can. Yeah. What would you do differently if you had to start again? I had come off the back of you know 15 years of working 70 hour weeks as a chef. In the years prior, I had uh, done some pretty big projects, which I was sort of around the country quite a lot and working very, very big hours. And I was actually pretty exhausted. I would have taken a year off yeah. <laughs> because I was actually I was actually really, really tired after 13, 15 years of, of that kind of work. And then I came into being a new father um, and uh, running my first business. Yeah, I would make sure I was well rested before I got started. <laughs> so I've, I've at times uh, struggled with energy for that reason because I've, mm. I've, it's sort of only now that I'm starting to to Riku Energy and the kids are also a bit older. I remember, uh, I remember the feeling. This is a couple of years ago now, but the feeling of sleeping again after seven years of interrupted sleeps uh, as the children go through the ages, and that was a huge difference in my energy levels when you when when you start sleeping properly again. For those who want to find out more about Bicycle Junction, whereabouts can they go? They can come in for a coffee. Nice and a chat anytime. Yeah. Um, we're at the corner of Marion Street and Gusney Street, Tiaro, Wellington. Or if you're out of town, you can just visit online, uh, bicyclejunction.co.nz. Cool, awesome. Well, thanks, uh, Dan. It's yeah. um, really good chatting with you. And uh, thanks for taking the time to sit down, chat with me about uh, starting Bicycle Junction and, and your entrepreneurial journey. So thank you very much cool. for that. Thanks. Hey Dan, thanks again for sharing your story with the Wellington Hustle community. It's amazing how something can grow just by solving a personal problem of needing a cargo bike. I'm inspired by the way that your vision isn't just about selling bikes, but about building community. It really goes to show that being of service to others is important and has got to be a big part of Bicycle Junction success.
For you, the listener, what have you taken away from Dan's interview? Please share in the comments over on the Wellington Hustle website. I'll be adding links here for all the resources mentioned in an interview. You'll also find Dan's contact details if you want to reach out to start a conversation, or even better, to buy a bike and get outdoors. Just head over to the website wellingtonhustle.co and you'll find Dan there. If you enjoyed these interviews, then please spread the word, share with your friends, or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps the Wellington Hustle interview project to be found by others. If you're interested in being interviewed for the project or you have somebody in mind that would be a great fit, then please, please, please send me an email on tim at timson.co or head to the Timson Co. website, click on the Wellington Hustle link from the menu and choose Join Wellington Hustle from the drop-down. Thanks so much again for listening and until next time, keep on hustling. After returning home, <clears throat> after returning home and working in the industry, <clears throat> after turning home and working in the bloody hell.